Hello, stackers. Before we get started, I just want to mention Dice Envy. Check out the link in our show notes for a special link that will take you to DiceEnvy.com. If you shop with them through that link, you'll not only be able to get yourself a sweet new set of dice, but you will also help us out by giving us a little part of that purchase price. Check them out, DiceEnvy.com. Also, BattleBards, as you are familiar already, BattleBards has lots of great sound effects, music, all sorts of great things. Check them out, BattleBards.com. If you sign up for one of their Prime subscriptions, you'll get streaming access, tools, and if you use our special code STACK, you'll get a 20% discount on that registration. BattleBards.com. You can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at StackOdice, by email stack.o.dice at gmail.com, and our wiki is vardalon.fandom.com. We'd love for you to check those out and interact with us. We really could use your tweets and posts about things that you're thinking about with relation to our game. Also, if you haven't taken a moment to leave a review and rate us on iTunes, we sure would love that because that helps to make us more visible. The question I'd like to start with is, what present is on your character's list for Christmas? A complete and utter remake to make Peter into a wizard. <laughs> Getting bored. From huh? level one all the way up. <laughs> I think that would mess up the story. It would. Mm-hmm. But if... if yeah, I what could... would it be like if Peter was a wizard instead of a cleric? That'd be so... It'd be a, it'd be a completely different dynamic, I think. I guess. Yeah. I have no idea. That I don't know all the differences between them. Yeah, so. yeah, what if guys... Tira was a warlock instead of a barbarian? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I have no idea what the differences are between them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Right? Yeah, you guys call me a nerd now, but if I played as a wizard, you guys would also... Call me a nerd. Uh-huh. Oh. So you would want to respec. What? As Peter, you would want to get a, a oh, character oh yeah. respec. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I would. Make you're him you're not happy with what you are now. I mean, I like being. I like being cleric paladin. It's pretty cool. But I also would like to be a wizard. There are moments where he's voiced not really frustration, but he would have acted differently about seeing certain things as a wizard, getting more excited about them. Uh, as about opposed like star to Starstone innovations yeah. and whatnot. And the airship. And the airship. <laughs> he would have been right there with the Simmeries. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so cool. Great. Uh, Meredith, what would Tira want as a present? Hmm. I think she would want something from home. A rock. I got a rock. No, I'm thinking um, it would be not, maybe, ooh, maybe there's some like special thing of her mom's that belonged to her mom that she knows her dad's been holding for her or something like that her father (laughs) her dad her dad this cool thing her mom's and her dad's been hanging on to it for that that would mean a lot to her to finally have possession i'm trying to think what that would be though like i don't know it is completely up to you i know i didn't have a chance to think of it beforehand though Uh, whatever comes first to mind I never did finish transferring all my stuff from my old sheet onto this one because there were things in bonds and flaws. Because it seems like I had something from my mom. The leather work. No, it was something. There was something like a toolkit or something. Yeah, leatherwork. Leatherworking stuff. But I have that on me already. I'm thinking of something more personal than that. Here, my be beloved cool. daughter, have my leatherworking <laughs> kit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more what you could make with it. Maybe you could tool something, a memory. But I mean, I already have that. That can't be, that's in my inventory. Right, I understand that. But you use those to make something. Right, but then that's not a, like a, on a gift It's list. a gift to yourself. Because I already have it. <laughs> All right, anyway. My mom's So give me a gift idea pickaxe. then. 
Okay. This is what you chip your first rock with when you're old enough to pick up a pickaxe. And Michael. (laughs) Uh, Probably a wedding ring for Chiswick and... and Tira. Probably. That's what you want as a gift? <laughs> yeah, just. I, he I'd wants like to, to see just, you I'd married like to, help. to your like true help. love. Okay. <laughs> Whom I have not mentioned like true once. true kiss. All right. Um, let's see. For me, I probably would want a silver s- fork to go with my silver yes. spoon. <sighs> Which we also haven't heard anything about ever since. Just did. I have been mentioning that just for, for months. Oh, like, yeah. Whatever happened to a spoon, we found it. We're like, oh, good. Got it. It's like, that was like what the entire first three months of our podcast was centered around. Was it's called spoon. a MacGuffin. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I was young then. And now I am old. And now so I have put away my spoonish things. things. <laughs> and now, yeah, and now I'm old, as in two months have passed in game, if that. Dude, yeah, right? I'm sorry, but it feels like more than two months. I'm, it has to be at least six months. Has to be. I mean, when you take into account, look at all the stuff we've done. We would be exhausted. You take into account all the traveling that we just kind of skim past, all the people we've killed. I'll tell you, this has been <laughs> the most difficult part. Is trying to balance. I mean, obviously, we've been going for more than a year and a half, heading towards two years. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Guys, we're getting old. (laughs) And trying to match up events in-game to, you know, the time factor has been challenging to make sense of. So, anyway. All right. So, we have a character respec on Peter. We have a ceremonial pickaxe for Tira. And apparently a wedding... (laughs) That Walmerbash would celebrate would arrange. between Chiswick and Tira. <laughs> what a thoughtful guy you are. That's me. <laughs> I think I think Peter, uh, as an as an actual serious gift, would probably want. Like, oh, we're doing serious gifts now. Uh, no, but like instead of um, a respect, maybe I said that, and then I was like, now what would Peter actually want? And now Jordans. I'm, yeah, sure, Jordans. <laughs> Peter would want some Jordans. <laughs> He's got to um, heal and. Preach to the lost in style. Air hurachis. <laughs> hurachis. My, my air sabatons. Off the rails. Here That's we all go. getting cut. <laughs> so, stackers, we just, from all of us to you, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, be safe, have fun, and we'll see you in a new year. Yeah, we'll catch you all on the yeah. flip-flop. Catch you all on the flippity-flop. In 2020, not 1990. Just, Okay. <laughs> What? I don't know. Because <laughs> you said catch you on the flip flop. Flippity flop. Yeah. So he's saying that's out of date. Oh, I, I see. Because he knows what kind of slang we used in 1990. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And he's he calling, you, he calling you old, too. Hey, I am. I am old. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them. And as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Hey, stackers. Thanks for joining us as we continue our fifth edition D&D adventure. I'm Rhett the DM, and with me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Wamberbash Benson Mum. Same as Peter Greyhawk. Let's have a recap. Yep. Meredith. So basically, yes. no, no, no. There was this no, no, guy. No, no, no. Yeah. Meredith, Meredith. I know. I know. So, um, 
these guys, my mom, <laughs> my dad. <laughs> so hold on for this thing. <laughs> and Chizik. Pop. Can you get me a pop? Yins go there. What? I'm not from Ohio. <laughs> or Pittsburgh. Yins go there. No. Whose who's socks are these? Socks. Whose socks? Why aren't you wearing any socks? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. How do you talk? Same way. <laughs> no, I was say. He wasn't making fun of you. Yeah, he was yeah, just, I was just simply talking. What do you mean? <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> Did I get it right or what? <laughs> Having to very strenuously mentally stop myself from saying so. Uh-huh. Very purposefully here. So. After. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's so easy. Well, I know. After Asimeris goes running off after the airship, um, Womberbash sprouted wings to fly up and, and uh, light on the deck of the ship. To see if it could help out while Peter and Tira and Radiance followed from below on their horses. Uh, Wombabash eventually had the idea... Well, first he tried to turn the ship manually by flying out front and uh, pushing against it. Plus... That was after he saw the wall of fog. Oh, sorry. You're right. You're right. So as they were going along, Assembly's got right to work and he went down into what looked like basically the power center because there was a big old stash of star stones in there and he got to work and was doing stuff but bash looking ahead saw a wall of fog and decided that we probably shouldn't fly in there so he tried to steer the ship from the outside by flying against the not the bow the the starboard starboard i guess anyway wasn't successful doing that and then he came down to us to get the ropes, I guess. Came down to us to get the ropes. Once again, we tied all of our ropes together so we could fit, uh, we could reach up to the ship. Um, and then Peter, with a very successful roll, uh, was able to dig in the heels of Pork Meat II, Son of the Lord of the Horses. And with Belrina and Hot Mash also shoring him up there, we were able to slow the ship. And, and turn it a little bit because it was tied under one of the turbines. But nevertheless, the ship still flew into the fog. And while we were following him in there, we were surrounded by the Watani. Wait, I just made the connection. Isn't that your people? Mm-mm. Is it really? That's the language I've been making. You're Watanian? Well, no, uh, no, no, okay, no. okay. Thane has been writing a language. Oh, oh, I see. No wonder he knew it, but he didn't know it because Peter doesn't know it. Yeah. Which makes me mad. Did you give permission to use his language and his people? <laughs> Did you pay well, the copyright? I got permission to use his people. He didn't give me any phrases to okay, work okay, with, so I, I had to make of, I couldn't think of any. Some, some stuff. Well, okay, I don't have much made, and I not much in the way that's actually practical for conversation. Okay, we're losing focus here. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Recap. Um, so we were surrounded by men on horses that were identified to us by Radiance as the Witani, and they were about to force us to follow them somewhere when the underside of the ship suddenly loomed out of the fog and kind of freaked them out. But we don't know what's going to happen after that. All right. Who's ready to tell a story? Me! Let's get going. The ship descends from the fog. And again, the bottommost part of the hull begins to appear through the wisps and all the horsemen 
fall back. Some of the horses get very panicked, but Edgeferth swings down from his horse and he approaches Yutira with a wide-eyed expression. What is this? Sorcery. It's hard to explain, but it's a ship. It's an airship owned by our friend. He calls back over his shoulder and you hear voices echoing what he says. There's some anxious muttering. And the ship actually kind of stops about six or seven feet above the ground. So it's just kind of hovering there now. And you can hear the engineer's voices on, on board and Asimri's uh, yelling things. And then he calls over the side. What is going on down there? Are we close? You are very close, Asimri's, but you might want to hold on because there's people down here. People? What people? Uh, Radiance calls them the Watani. Watani? One moment. And then you see his little legs coming down the ladder. (laughs) He jumps off the last one and then turns around and he has his hands behind his back and he's just kind of rocking on his feet. And he looks at Edgeferth and says something to him. What does he say? In Watani. What does he say? Something. Uh... He says, hey, Hala. Something. And then there's a little conversation between them. And then with a great smile on his face, Asimris turns to you and says, we get to be their guests today. Oh, no. Are you sure they meant guests? Yes, guests. Or prisoners? Yes. It seemed like they were trying to take us no, away. No, definitely guests. Yes. You could just tell us himself. He seems to be well-versed in Adeline. Uh, Tira, I'm going to look back at the face of the man he was speaking with to see what he looks like. Does he look like he is... His tensions have eased, does he still look stern? He is staring at the ship. His, as he's looking up, his mouth is hanging open a little bit, and this great, burly, grizzled warrior looks absolutely childlike at the sight of the floating ship. They were a firtha. How does everybody else, how, how do his men look? There are mixed expressions on their faces. Some appear to be excited. Some appear to be very, very uncertain, but they, they are all behaving. They're, none of them are looking with anger or mistrust towards you. All right. Tira is hesitant, I suppose, but uh, is resolved to really keep her eyes open. Are they far away from this spot? Do you know? They Where we're taking us, you mean? I'm talking to Tira. Yeah, oh. but what, what are you oh, asking? Oh, how far away are we going with them? Is it like a I, long way from this spot? I like, don't know. Where, where do they plan to take us, the summaries? And then one of the soldiers catches sight of your horse. Oh, dear. And there's just this new wave of voices, odd voices. Because horses are sacred to the Wittens. Yes, they are absolutely amazed by I mean, they're they're almost turning into like, Christmas morning children <laughs> seeing these wondrous beasts and the, the horses are like stamping their foot every now and then and that kind of thing. So it's obvious that they're not just statues. They are marveling at everything they're seeing here. Well, at that, at that, I'm going to walk over to uh, Bruce uh-huh. and I'm going to get on, get on top of him and sort of sit on, on Bruce. Three of the warriors immediately gasp as you swing up onto the back of Bruce and then maybe it's the light that's filtering through the fog or whatever, but they almost drop to a knee each at the side of you climbing onto this marvelous horse. Oh, no. 
He's becoming a deity. We must stop this before he founds a new religion. <laughs> you get 100 experience points. <laughs> oh, no. no. Yes. No. Okay, let's go no. to the uh, level Psych? up. <laughs> you wake up. Okay. <laughs> There's just so much going on here that they have not seen, haven't. They, they obviously live away from settled civilization. But yeah, this is amazing to them. Tira's going to look back at a summaries and say, where are they planning to take us? I've heard them mention a place. Uh, we are going to go see their leader. This man is not their leader? Well, he is the leader of this patrol, but he reports to the Marchioness. And where is that? I mean, how far away are we, are we talking here? He turns to Edgeferth and talks a bit more. Edgeferth was okay in Edeline, but he's obviously much more comfortable and fluent in Witani. And then Asemri says, a few hours travel to a place called Stedingus. Well, you're the one that said you want us to explore more. <laughs> Michael. Careful what you Michael. wish for. Oh, yeah, right? All right, so um, I'm going I'm I'm to motion Asemri's to come ride with me on, uh, on Bruce. Okay, he comes bopping over. I put my arm down and hoist <laughs> him up so he can get on behind. Good. What are we going to do with the ship? Is it, it just going to stay it's here? It's going to stay here, I guess. All right, let's go. Tira is is skeptical a, a bit. Just nervous. N- not nervous. That's a bad word. That's a wrong word, I mean. Wary. Wary. Suspicious. I think I said that already. Auspicious. Delicious. That's it. As you're leaving, Assemerys does call out to the engineers and instructs them to keep working. So it's not going to be unoccupied. The engineers are there. They and have hoist up the ladder so no one can just surprisingly get okay. on the ship. Yeah, yeah, obviously. And so uh, it's, again, about six to seven feet hovering off the ground, just this dark shape in mm-hmm. the fog. And, uh, yeah. I guess we're going to follow Edgeferth. Your course takes you through winding paths that would be difficult for you to see if you were not with these people. They're, they know their way around. The horses are sure-footed. And as you make your way, the land begins to become less hilly and descend slowly. And then you start hearing squishes underfoot and a rank smell fills the air. It's swampy land now. And you're starting to see little tussocks of ground sticking up here and there. But again, the Witani guide you through a safe path through this rather bleak looking land. And then after, let's say a total of four hours of winding your way from the hills to the swamp, you make your way through the last bit of swamp. And then there's a broad flat plain in front of you that has little camps scattered all around it. Hmm. You see campfires. The air seems to warm up just a little bit as you step out of the marshy ground. You see a small knot of children running after each other and laughing and giggling as they go, but as, as they approach you, they draw up real quick and they're, they just stop and stare at you as you pass with wide eyes and open mouths. I'm sorry, did you say the fog has thinned? Yeah, the fog is thinned also. The camps look fairly orderly. Uh, I mean, there are 
there's food and drink out, there's weapons and armor on obvious display in front of some of the tents. But in the midst of it rises the wooden walls and golden roof of a large hall. I'm going to ride ahead, I suppose, to draw level with Edgeferth. And I'm going to gesture with my head toward that that building. Is it, is it directly in front of us or...? It's directly in front of you. You're just on the edge, having come out of the marsh mm-hmm. into the open, dry area that apparently constitutes standing us. Okay. I'm going to uh, indicate that building and just look at him quizzically, I suppose. He nods and says one word. Marchioness. Okay. Tira's going to take from that that that's where she is. Not that, not that the building is Marchioness. The building is Beochtmedu. Oh, I forgot he can speak a little bit of my language. I'm like, (laughs) shut up! (laughs) (laughs) It's orderly, Mm -hmm. but it still has a camp feel to it. Sun is shining. Uh, It's more toward midday. You say camp feeling as if it's not a permanent settlement? Right. And in fact, uh, as you watch... A patrol is coming in from the opposite side, from the northeast side. And I'm, when I say this is a large open area, I'm saying maybe a couple miles long and about a mile wide. So, I mean, it's, it's like this huge oval right in the middle of the swampy area. Uh, you see uh, people pushing wagons coming in from the marsh from another direction. They appear to be gathering here. Are we going to get some food out of this? Or? There's definitely roasting meats loaves of bread that are out cooling, maybe the occasional pie, that kind of thing. (laughs) Do you live here all the time? Forgive me, this settlement seems... Do you guys... Do you guys... Do Do yins go there? (laughs) Have you always lived here? No, this is a place of refuge. I cannot say... I will leave it to the Marchioness to give you the full details, but we are pressed hard from the east. Great armies. Armies? Dark armies, driven by unspeakable evil. I turn around and look pointedly at Bash and Peter. Are they the armies that have the black and white eyes? Black and white, yes. We have fought these armies, too. You have? Yes. I beg your forgiveness. Can you tell me more? Tira is very hesitant to give up any more information. Of course. And the Marchioness awaits. We shall shall wait until we speak to this Marchioness of yours. Sorry. (laughs) You answered it as if I said that to him. Tira turns to him and says, Tira is... Tira is reluctant to give me any more information. Oh, of course, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why does Tira speak in first person? Third person, yeah. Elmo! Tira! Yeah. Uh, With that, he dismounts from his horse and gestures for you to do the same. And assuming that you're doing that as well, as soon as you get off, kids and soldiers alike come swarming to your horses and they're ready to lead them off and admire them. Lead them off, like take them just put them like in a, put them off to the side. Okay, all right. 
With that, Edgefarth heads for the main door of the Great Hall. I'll have to see if I can post a link to some pictures. Some mead halls have been rebuilt in England to show what they were like, and it's, it's pretty neat. The exterior looks kind of weird, but when I see the interior pictures, the building is just, it feels immense. It must be cavernous inside. Oh, and just to let you, just a quick fun fact. So horses are sacred to the Watens, and horse theft is absolutely abominable, so we don't have to worry. Says what? Thane. You don't know that. <laughs> Peter doesn't know that. Yeah. Thane Peter's knows. read some books. Specifically th- on these people? What a coincidence. Yeah. He has a human geography book. You stoop through the low entrance and into a very comfortable building. If the outside looked a little maybe drab and dingy, the inside makes up for it. There's a warm inner area. Even though it's not bad outside, there is a fire going in a central pit. There's no chimney here. It's just a large hole in the middle of the hall in the ceiling, and the smoke is expected to just kind of drift out on its own. So there is a very smoky smell in the hall. It's very empty, but around the walls, there's a mixture of carvings on the beams of various uh, stylized animals and intricate knots that have been painted to help them to stand out against the golden hue of the wood. But then gold decorations have also been put up tastefully throughout. And so the firelight glints off of those surfaces and it makes the room feel even larger. Just having the, the reflections and the, and the glow helps to make it feel more open. At the far end of the hall, opposite where you stand, there is a raised platform that has an empty chair on it, and then to either side of that chair, down on the floor where you're standing, are doors on either side. And it's to the door to the right that Edgefarth leads you. Mm. The hall, I'm going to say, is about 200 feet long. Are there any guards or anything like that? or There are no, in here? no guards visible. Okay. Uh, there may be. In fact, there is a gallery around the outer walls that looks down into the interior, and there could be people up there. It's darker up there. You said there's a chair, an unoccupied chair. So does that give the idea that this is sort of the like a, a room where she holds audience? Very likely, yep. You shuffle your way across the rush-strewn floor and make your way into the door behind Edgefarth. And there, sitting at a desk, is a very tall she's sitting but it's apparent that she's tall she looks very weary when you walk in her head is bowed and her hand is resting on a piece of parchment that's trying to curl at the edges peter removes his helmet and well takes off the hood of his cloak and removes his helmet you don't have a helmet i don't no you have scale mail, but you've never mentioned a helmet before. I thought I just kind of had one. <laughs> if you want one, that's fine. It's not going to I hurt. do have a helmet. Okay. And I'm going to take it off. Okay. <laughs> You're doing this out of respect, I take it? Aye. Yeah. There's a very definite feeling in the air of one who has great authority. And as you enter, Edgefarth mumbles a few words to her, and she turns and almost with a, a sense of effort... Straightens herself, takes a breath, and then smiles. I have not seen many strangers come through our land in a long, long time. Might I ask for your names? I am Peter Greyhawk. Where are you from, Peter? 
I hail from Arden. Arden? By... by Flenmore. Flenmore I know, although I have never been. I have no need for it, although things are changing. Your name, sir? I... I... I'm... I'm Wamberbash Benson, Mom. And I'm from the forest outside of Arden. It is a pleasure to meet you, Wamberbash. She smiles and puts a hand on your shoulder. And I kind of like put, put put my head down a little bit, almost like just like yeah. hunching like, up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. yeah, yeah, almost like a turtle. Yeah. And as you do that, your your head goes down, and you're kind of you keep eye contact. And as you do, you notice that in the dim light of this room, this back chamber, her eyes have an almost violet cast to them. And you, Tira Ironstag. I have not seen one of your kind for many, many years. I did not know they were still here. What did you think had happened? I almost thought that you were perhaps the thing of legend. Well, I mean, dwarves are pretty great. <laughs> we are legendary. <laughs> we are legendary. <laughs> no, madam. I come from a very proud race of people in Arden from the Iron Stag Delve. Indeed. She looks both impressed and maybe the slightest hint of amusement. <laughs> not, not condescending at all. Uh, I don't want to give that impression. You did. <laughs> or I took that impression. I was like, Tira's going to stand up as tall as she can, kind of yeah. puff out her chest a little bit. I come up to your belly button. Um, you can see her eyeing the sharp edges of your axe mm-hmm. with almost a slight nod of approval. And then she asks the same of Radiance, who introduces herself. And then perhaps she lets her weariness show just the tiniest bit with a small sigh. And then she says, I apologize that our hospitality is not what it should be. I am dealing with some rather large issues at the moment. We understand from Edgefairth that you have been under attack recently. Attack may be too strong a word. We are the ones seeking them out but only to preserve our kingdom. We see them moving in greater numbers, greater boldness, and my fear is that they will begin to turn their attention our way, threaten our way of life. And so as a preemptive measure, we have been harassing them. How has that gone? Not well. I have patrols out, many patrols in the east, my own daughter among them. How many are you? We are a thousand horse. It's not bad. (laughs) It is nothing compared to our former days. We could be stronger. We could be better prepared for this sort of thing. But we are a divided people. Divided? Yes. I, I, I am sorry. I, you do not care about such things. No, we do, actually. What interest would you have? So they are affecting you as well. We have faced this army before. You have? Only recently in our travels. I hesitate to say too much. My friends and I have been tasked with learning all we can about these armies so that we can stop them. I see. Might I entice you to stay for a bit and tell me what you know? I look at Bash and Peter 
as if trying to confirm that we even want to talk about this anymore. I mean, I can eat. Tira almost begrudgingly smiles indulgently in Bash's direction. Peter is showing signs of uh, fatigue. You know, dying and coming back in one day is a little bit... <laughs> You've been mostly dead all day. <laughs> a little bit strenuous. What have you bit? done all day but be dead? <laughs> We've been lugging your carcass around. Yeah. <laughs> a little strenuous on the mortal frame. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's Peter just true. wants to sit down somewhere and all right. rest. All right. So after kind of non-verbally confirming with the other two, I look back to the Marchioness and say, we will stay. At that, she immediately turns to Edgeferth and gives him a stream of instructions very clipped. You don't know what she's saying necessarily. Asimeris is nodding a little bit. She issues a string of commands and Edgeferth bows briskly and then walks back out of the room. And outside in the main hall, you can hear sounds of things being moved around. And then wisps of scent of cooked food. Oh, okay. I was, I was like, like <gasps> thump. I know, me too. <laughs> cooked food. Oh, okay. And then Thumb comes in smelling like beef. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I eat Thump. There are sufficient seats at the table where she was sitting the desk uh, that you can sit down with her. And as she sits, she holds up a helmet that looks like helmets that you have seen on the armies that Mm, you have faced. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At current, we estimate that there are at least three, maybe as many as six armies spreading across Edelin. We cannot face them all. And we certainly cannot face them in our current state. From where are they coming? My scouts tell me they seem to be mostly coming from the north. We try to follow them as much as possible, but I have lost many patrols, many valuable warriors. I can well imagine. You have faced them yourselves. Once. Where? At Tuanue in Delwyn. That is a place far from here. It is. We've traveled much. It shows. (laughs) (laughs) We've been on the road for like six weeks. (laughs) Yes, I smelled that. (laughs) This is where my up-in-the-air status is really biting me. This is where my lack of remembering everything we've learned about this army is biting me. It is a, a dark time for us. And I am sure we are not the only ones suffering. You aren't. This evil is a threat to all of us. Like that one time they hit a Bendele. We only just barely managed to escape. There was a pirate fleet that assaulted the port of the city while an army marched on its walls. We barely escaped with our lives. So they are more than just armies. They are. Fleets as well. This is more and more difficult to face and she buries her face in her hands for just a moment and then wipes her hands back across her face to smooth her hair back I see you said you were divided if you were united how large would you be she sits back in her chair does some tapping on her fingers Erdwolf has maybe 2,000 horse and other foot Dunsig Perhaps about like us, a thousand horse, and more soldiers, three thousand, four thousand. I'm sorry, why are you divided from your own people? To understand that, you would need to understand our history a bit more. In the past, we were separate kingdoms. We still are. Each king jealously guarding ancestral lands, 
over time that has devolved into a series of wars between ourselves. And now when I would put that aside for the greater good, the other two insist that we have wronged them, and in many ways we have. They will not hear me, and so we stand alone. Perhaps we can talk to them and speak about the greater good that can be served by all. Your divided people, how far are they? Maybe we can speak with them. Dunsea is a few days to the west in the Sea of Grass. Erdwolf in the hollow to the northeast, perhaps another couple of days away. I must warn you, this, this would be a, a challenge. We've faced many challenges since we left Arden. You certainly look certain of yourselves. And, and this threat of the uh, dark army is not enough to bring, you to bring you all together? I have no idea what they are doing. You haven't sent envoys to your own people? They have been rebuffed. I think maybe we should go. Not now. I am weary. I don't mean now. They're cooking a meal for us. I smell chocolate chip We'll, we'll cut that little part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe tomorrow we need to set out to... Who is the nearer of the two? Dunsey. I think we need to head out. Head out. We're all struggling, man. Let's, let's <laughs> roll I think we need to roll out of yeah, this joint. Yeah. I, I'm a head out. Yeah, I, I'm a head out. I think that tomorrow... Once we've rested and eaten, we should ride out to Dunsey and see if we can talk to him. None of us stand a chance against these armies unless we're united. I think you and your people have been divided long enough. Regulators, mount up. Sorry. Autobots, assemble. <laughs> <laughs> I admire your spirit, Mistress Dwarf. Did she get extra experience points for that really cool speech? When that's it comes. later. That's, yeah. that's I know. I was, just, I was just marking that down I will, for later. Yeah, good. Keep that in mind. With that, the Marchioness guides you back out to the hall, and there indeed is a feast laid out on the table. Yes. Why don't you tell me what's on the table? Oof. Well, Tear it, Bash. <laughs> I, I see something that looks like lamb. I see something that looks like a buffalo. I see something that looks like... A goat. I see something that looks like a chicken. I see something that looks like an alligator. I see something that looks like a snake. I see All something right. that looks like turtle soup. I think I'd look. <laughs> and most importantly, I see some fungi. Is ooh, hey, is Wombatbash hungry? I am starving. <laughs> is Michael hungry? Yes. <laughs> you know what we could do after this? No, we can't. I'm we can, but we may still. Yeah, I got, I got like a goal and I got to meet it. I got like three pounds to lose. All right, Meredith, do you want to add anything on the table? I mean, I saw some green stuff, but I'm not really into all that. Yeah, so tell me about the fungus then. Oh, yeah, it, it's, it's, not, it, it's an un, unlike the, a mushroom I've ever seen before, um, but it looks fantastic. It's actually quite large. Does it have a name? Um, yes. Why is the only thing I can think of that um, mushroom name the kid said in the kid snippets video in the uh, oh, healthy kombucha foods? Kombucha mushroom. Yeah. It's kom kombush, kombucha mushroom. It's kombucha. That's a bacteria. Not For a those mushroom. of you who don't know, look up kid snippets. They are hilarious. Please. 
Thane, is there anything else on the table that you want to mention? Michael still hasn't named the mushroom. That's right. I'm giving him time. Oh. Bread. Bread, okay. Bread. Great. There is bread on the table. And the name? Maybe tear. Oh, sorry. A loompy. A loompy mushroom. A loompy. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Tira notices a thick stew that has a, a savory smell that she appreciates. Ooh, that sounds good, too. All right. All right. Stop talking about the food. <laughs> so that is laid out, and it's just the four, well, five of you, because the Simrays is there, Radiance is there, and you all fall to, there are trestle, it's a trestle table with benches to go along them. Uh, during the day, those are generally moved to the edges of the hall, but in the evenings when everyone gathers to eat, and the marchioness being in a position of leadership is responsible for sustaining her people. And so um, they all gather here at the Great Hall in order to feast and then uh, return to their tents. So you all tuck in, and uh, that's it. I mean, you can just pass the evening. Yeah. No, I think we just pass the evening okay. and then... As we're coming to the end of the meal, I suppose, where uh, I'm going to turn, who's, am I sitting near the Marchioness or am I sitting near, who am I sitting near? She is sitting at the table with you. She's not really partaking. Okay. She's just there to- How old is she? Answer any questions. Mm. Uh, she appears to be maybe in her 40s. Mm. Interesting. I like older women. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And uh, from outside, you hear the sounds of strumming and singing or chanting. And I think in a special episode, I'm going to come up with a song that the Witani have made about your arrival. Nice. Which is going to be... Are we going to get another name? <laughs> well, you haven't really done anything yet. Riders of the Iron After, Steed. Hey, once we unite their people, they're going to name us something. <laughs> oh, that's looking ahead. Yeah. They're going to kill you as soon as they see you. <laughs> the uniters of armies. These people that you're going to visit. <laughs> Ride or something. Okay. I think this is a good place to end this episode. You've accomplished some good things this episode. And so uh, let's go with experience. Okay. Uh, you have met the Marchioness. Yes. She is somebody who has regional power. And she is significant in this part of the world. So I'm going to give you five experience points each. I'm going to do a V as well. Do a V? Yeah. I, when, when you're giving us experience points, I mark it down in tallies and like Roman numerals. I instead see. Of gotcha. I'm sorry. How many did you say exactly? Five. Five? That's what I... All right. I just want to make sure. And I think we'll leave it open for a Norse battle now. Mom gets extra for her for little speech. speech. Yeah. She ignited the inner flame. I think I'll give you five for that. That was a powerful speech. All right. Other awards. They don't care. <laughs> he already, he leveled up. He's, he's good. <laughs> I'm still level seven. <laughs> ha ha. Yeah. Three I mean, nine. Peter really didn't do anything. Like, I didn't even talk for like half this episode, so. Thanks for giving me a clean track to work with. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> well, I, I also just like wasn't really feeling like talking at all. That's fine. I did notice, yeah, that's like, I, I tried to hang back because we, I, we were trying to let Peter do more because he's the high charisma one. Yeah. Um, but, but here, I think your this, impetuosity was. Yeah, this, this, this game around, you know, I was kind of like, who are these people and what, do you, what, what can we find out and trying to get some information. 
Yeah, I think I'm afraid she came off as feeling weak. I'm, I was not trying for that at all. No, she, she just seemed, she seemed weary. Yeah, okay, well, good. Tired. I hope that's it. Any other nominations? She needs three. Let's see. Um, <laughs> I already got points for the one good thing I did in this story, so. It's fine. We don't all have to level up at the same time. Okay. I'll, I will definitely level up next time. I mean, I can't imagine we're going to have a whole game and not get three points. Right. Tira is a plot twist. Tira dies next episode. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get that recap. All right. Tira is 97 points in level seven. Great. Wombard Bash is four points into level eight. Peter Greyhawk is 16 points into level eight. Wonderful. Yeah, I hope you had a good time. I, I wanted to have... I wanted to add some dimension to the world. So you're finding other things that are going on. You're meeting new people, exploring new corners of the world. Thanks for helping to breathe life into this small part of the Witani. Hopefully you enjoyed that part, Thane, getting to meet them. The fierce warrior people of the plains of the Sea of Grass area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just wanted to introduce the element of you're not alone fighting the approaching armies. Right. So I hope that's adding some depth to the world. We'll be back for another episode soon. And Merry we, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Happy holidays, happy new year, all that good stuff. Uh, I should have a special episode out. Maybe I'll do the song for that. Okay, sounds good. And we'll see what comes of that. And again, we'd love to hear from you in the form of a review, rating, anything you want to chat with us about on our social media. And we'll look forward to seeing you here again next time, right here at Stack of Dice. But have you painted Wamberbash? I have not painted. Oh wait, you, you have you have you have a. You I have Wamberbash. You yeah. do. Yeah. I need to get. I Peter. printed him off. I need he's, to get Peter. I need big. to get Peter. But yeah, I I really want to. Um, I have Wamberbash in several forms. Really? Like with wings and. I've only printed one. Of yeah, them. yeah. But but yeah. I bought. I purchased bought, all the. Yeah. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I I should probably uh, get one of Peter like at the very beginning, and then one of Peter right now. So a stick figure in the very first one, and then... <laughs> and then an absolute boss. <laughs> the butter biscuit version of Peter. <laughs> Perfectly, of course. I knew this time would come. I finally have an excuse to just leave the body. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>